Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. JV Rail are a four-piece alt-country band from Western Australia who have released several singles over the past couple of years, the latest of which is Enough For Me, and I'm going to talk to lead singer John B about that and about the band and where their name comes from. Hi, John. Hi, Sophie. Thanks for having us on. It's a pleasure, and uh, I'll start. Actually, I will start with the band's name. I imagine the initials in the band's name are from your name, but how did you come up with JV Rail as the name? Uh, we started off actually as, um, John V and the rescue specials, which was a couple, a few years back or two or three years back. It's too much of a mouthful, especially for a lead singer with a lisp like me. So it's a pretty stupid choice really. But, um, the rescue specials was a train, a famous West Australian train that, uh, during the gold rush, uh, it broke some pretty impressive records and stuff, uh, carrying out a rescue team to Kilgardie, which is mm-hmm. like a town out um, inland from uh, our seaboard. And um, they're kind of very similar to the our recent uh, things happening with the um, Thai soccer boys that were stuck in the cave. Wow. You know, it was a similar thing, but it was apparently it was on the cover of every newspaper around the world at the time. And uh, I just love it because... Uh, my family's from out there, half my family's from out in the goldfields, and um, it was a call-out okay. across whatever media they had at the time, you know, across press and radio and stuff like that, to come as quickly as you could to Perth and who was brave enough to dive into this flooded gold mine and rescue this Italian miner. And uh, So it was kind of like the, I guess it was a bit like the movie Armageddon where you just got the crack team and, you got the fastest, best West Australian coal shovelers. This train was rigged up and there's um, two Navy divers got out there and uh, the train broke all land speed and distance train records held at the time across the world. And um, I think it was cool because it sort of sums up that human pride and that, you know, especially for Australia, like this, you know, the step up when needed. Mm-hmm. And also a bit of WA, a bit of WA history that's not widely known. So, yeah, so so we kept the train thing. Yeah. Because we're still quite new. We kept the train thing and, yeah, we just uh, we set it on rail and um, JV rail. I don't know, I stuck JV there. I was trying to, <laughs> I was just at the time, but we could have gone with the rails or something like that, but. You could have, but it is more distinctive to have JV rail. I'm just, I'm just thinking about the story you've told. I've never heard that before. Yeah, the, the guy's name was Modesto Veracetti. He was an Italian miner and um, it was a mine outside of Coolgardie and he was stuck 13 levels down, I'm pretty sure, in an air, in an air rise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just some classic stories from it. He's, he's, he's supposed to mine in pairs and he was covering for his mate because he had the flu. So he was down there on his own on an air leg. So he can hear it. And um, yeah, didn't hear the evacuation sirens and all that sort of stuff, or however they evacuated people back then. And next thing you know, he's trapped for two weeks. But they got him out. Weeks. Oh they my goodness! 
Um, that's a whole, like, I could go off on this tangent, um, but I should come back to music. But I will ask you uh, before moving on. So it sounds like your family is, uh, is embedded in Western Australia. They've been there for a while. Yes, Kalgoorlie and Jilton, one very far from the ocean and one on the ocean. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, both rural. Judging by the surfboard over your shoulder, I'm guessing um, you're from the more ocean-bearing branch. Yes, luckily we've got my dad's blood there. I think uh, I can't keep away from it. Um, although I do love my mum's hometown, that red dirt, and uh, I think it had two liquor licences per capita at one stage, which is always handy. <laughs> There's a song in that, I think, I or a song title. They're going up there for Christmas every year and getting driven past the red light district as a 10-year-old, you know, something to do. Quite it's an idea. education, I think, because <laughs> my parents had a similar idea, I have to tell you, but that's another story as well, isn't it? Um, so I will ask you, um, who is in JV Rail, apart from you, of course? Myself um, and the next guy I contracted into the Mad Menagerie was uh, a mate, Ben, who's a local drummer down here and drum teacher and all that. And we have uh, Jake Hugh, who's uh, a farmer out of Rosebrook, just east of Margaret River. Mm-hmm. James Harris on the bass, who's a um, viticulturalist and longtime rock pig from this <laughs> way, lots of different bands. So, well, yeah, we went through a, a lineup change, yeah, sort of first half of this year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we sort of really settled now and it's got mm-hmm. a new sound and yeah, really digging it. So are these, apart from you mentioned was one um, band member you played with before, the, the second two you mentioned, had you played with them before? No, never. So um, we had Jack and Dave at the initial start and um, then we, yeah, we through life's necessities made some changes and um, so, yes, I'd never met. Uh, ben, ben had played with Jake before. And right. um, I'd seen James playing around the place, so um, I was really super pumped that he was keen to join on. Yeah. And so, yeah, we got we played our first um, festival as this lineup at the Cabin Fever Festival, which is Margaret River Festival, um, mm-hmm. in July. And it was our wow. first gig. And, yeah, I think something happened on stage, and the crowd obviously saw it. Right. We, afterwards, we just went, all right, yeah, this is it. Yeah. Well, that was handy given that you're at a festival at that gel, but it is, you know, it's part of the mystery of performance, I guess. It can either go beautifully and then you can't really point to one thing or one reason why it's working so beautifully, or it can fail. And then you would have had to get new band members. Oh, yes. Yeah, just, yeah, I guess it professionally once, yeah, yeah, musically at a professional level at, at, certain level you know guys can play guys can play but also because it's an original work and it's telling an original story of uh, you know our stories then um it was important for the guys to be a part of that as well so we can tell our stories together and uh yeah interest um passion but also you have to click as well mm-hmm I know a lot of um, this industry has solo artists that, you know, have a great session band behind them and they change in and out 
But uh, I, I don't think, yeah, we knew we weren't looking for that. Right. Even when I started up, I was writing the stuff and all that sort of thing. But um, no, I was. I wanted a good old-fashioned band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that because I imagine, given that you can write and and play instruments and sing and everything, that being a solo artist is is always an option. But what is it about the band environment that you really like? a bit of like a it's like a bit of a, a shared journey and mm-hmm. working when you get the um a writing synergy or a live performance synergy mm-hmm. you melt into that meditative state where you're just delivering you're just that vessel for your art that's coming out mm-hmm. all on that same page all on the same level um yeah, it's that shared experience for that, which is you cannot replace that. That's oh, oh, look, don't get me wrong, a solo artist playing for thousands of people, you know, just it's the same thing. Yeah, I, um, I don't know, maybe I grew up playing too much football or something, you know, it's yeah, nice right. to have a team, a team. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, get into it that way. Um, I've always just played in bands, so mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, and similar, yeah, the other guys are the same, so we're all coming from the same cut from the same cloth, right. Yeah, I think you either like team sports or you don't. You know, like <laughs> it's a personality thing or to, to do with nature, uh, which is possibly the same thing as personality. So have you found that, uh, well, actually, I'll ask a question about the new song, Enough For Me. Did you write that after you had the current lineup set or was that a song that came before? That came slightly before um, Ben and I were working on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and then James, uh, Jake and James were just coming on at that time. So we're working with a producer, um, James Newhouse uh, from Lamb Chop, and it was our first song with him. We've since recorded another single that we're very excited about. We're, we're, very, well, we're just holding on to this one as well because we're still um, making sure it's exactly what we want. But, um, yeah, this was our first experience. And as I was, uh, Ben and I were working through the track with James uh, Jake had been up there for a while, so he did the guitar work and solo and stuff. And then uh, James came on right at the at the uh, death knock for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was a bit of a mix of both, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But the next song, it's, it's follow up, is just um, yeah, it's been a great experience to have all four and time time allowing we we can't wait to do it again and finance is allowing yeah um, yeah it's, it seems to be we seem to be on a winner now the reason i asked was i was wondering if uh the change in lineup had changed the sorts of songs you want to write or the way you write songs or your intention as a songwriter i guess no no at the i can't help what's happening and and ben we're all writing now which is okay this is beautiful um at, so if we yeah backtrack six months or whatever, mm-hmm. and we and it's it's strange because um, the other guys writing or altering parts or something like that of one person's songs. That's how we're at at the moment. We're bringing a song to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we all hear something. We are all on that thing. So we're you know someone will hear, well Ben will sit down and write a chord progression or something like that. Um, 
I know Jake suffers from the um, madness, the same as me, whereas you're kept up at night or you dream them or, um, I don't know, you hallucinate them in long walks in the sun or something. I don't, I don't know. No, this, these ones, um, yeah, so if we backtrack to when these ones were being created, they, they're coming from, yeah, totally from dreams or out in the water or something where you're totally not in the moment and they mm -hmm. come forth. Mm -hmm. Book has a melody and um, well, for me personally, you, you can't, there's no stopping that font at that time. Mm -hmm. And you do that, it's gone. You've got about 15 seconds or something to latch onto it, whether you have to wake yourself up in the middle of the night and um, get that down. Um, mm -hmm. That's why the guitar's better because it's like easier by the bed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> dark to start. You can't get up and start turning the keyboard on and rattling around. Um, yeah. So, it's almost like, yeah, the last few years or something, I haven't really had a choice. And I don't think anyone would lightly enter into this industry mm -hmm. if they um, didn't have a choice. Sorry, God. Um, I was just thinking when you said a song might come to you out in the water, um, I imagine in order to remember it, you probably have to keep repeating it to yourself or maybe singing it out loud so you can remember it. So you've got time to get back to shore. Get a, get a notebook or something. You paddle further out. You paddle further out and you miss a whole bunch of waves and you sit there and, um, yeah, um, the start of, so the start of Enough For Me came to me out of the water. So just that, it was almost like a, um, like a soul, soul line kind of thing, like from an old. So I just had, imagine these guys singing had this bizarre sort of vision of like guys singing in a pub or something, a bunch of guys from the Crocodile Dundee set or something just breaking into a <laughs> yeah. with a Dundee's pet crocodile or something. I don't know, I had this strange thing, so I just paddled it further out. I know Jake has the same problem. you got to go out and miss a whole bunch of time in the water. You can't paddle in because that's long and you'll forget it because you got to hold breath and all that. Yeah, right. You go out the yeah, you go out the back and you just sit there and because you know you've got no physical device to record. Mm -hmm. But now two or three good ones have come that way. Yeah, right. They just or they come on. They I don't know. They just seem to come when you have detached from bills and pressures and things like that. Mm -hmm. The full and even the painful ones, um, like uh, you know whether it be financial stresses or you know the cost of living or the down and outs or something when they come they come at, at your worst mm -hmm. and it's great because you'll be feeling um you know you'll be feeling mad about you know ready <laughs> record bank profits or something you can barely pay your mortgage or something you know you know you'll be feeling pretty ticked and you just sort of five minutes later it manifests into and they always seem to come out in some sort of blues riff for me, but um yeah, they're they're an untapped font at the moment and it's hard to get they're easy to get down and then we gotta spend a lot of time and all of us are doing it. So Yeah, right. We have like a table full of 
songs to lo- launch into at the moment, and they seem to just be getting better. So that's probably the coolest thing. Well, possibly because in your in your own way, you're competing with each other. I guess if all four of you are writing and they're all on the table, it's made the best song win that gets yeah, to yeah, be yeah. next. And it's cool, and because yeah, at the start it was me driving the track, me tra- shoveling the coal, you know, and now the guys are like, nah, come on, this, you know, they're in. They're that's all I wanted, and um, yeah, I'm super stoked. They're just um, and uh, yeah, their backgrounds, they're all consummate musicians, so it's a pleasure. We always say that, oh, and like, yeah, if the boys weren't working today, like they're out in the Ben was working out on the farm and Jake's on his farm and Jane is actually doing viticultural work. We've got a public holiday here today and they're all working. Oh, okay. So um, we usually go to Ben's garage and mm-hmm. he's got a studio in there and we all just say as soon as we step in there, it's just we transcend all those all that crap and yeah, it's beautiful. So when Enough For Me came to you in the water, uh, well, in the surf, obviously, um, yeah, it was the music that came to you first. So then once you get back to land and you have the music, what sort of process is it to get the lyrics? Do you sort of wait to see what comes up or is that pretty much instantaneous once you buy an instrument? Got the whole track, the whole full drive track home. So that's a long one. That's always really good. So you've got about, you know, 15, 20 minutes of sand and bush to put those lyrics to it um, so it's a nice process and well, well yeah what we all do would i think is that uh, lots of musos would just, you'd just be writing it down um sometimes your brain divides up into like elton and bernie you know you've got you've got a hook and you're like well that's a killer hook and a chord progression and uh bernie will work out the lyrics later um but um yeah, some yeah. Sometimes they they come at the same time. Right. That is so, a great way to think of it. You've got Elton and Bernie in your brain. <laughs> and it's magic. It's just like, a, I mean, he was such a uh, Elton was such a, a a melodic genius. Mm-hmm. Kept that simple. Like, he could play anything. So you know, it's a session. Player Ben told me the other day it was a session keyboards for Neil Diamond. And I'm like, well, what the hell? <laughs> so he could play anything, right? But he's just like, he's keeping all that chord structure as sim- fairly simple. Mm-hmm. Killer melodies. And then, you know, ha- imagine having a Bernie there. So, I mean, but the, yeah, the brain, the, the brain will take it either way. You'll take it, grab your phone, record it like every other muso does these days, record it, get it down. You have 140 videos there filling up your whole storage cache. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it needs time to bake. Some, like the ones of Dream, that, that like a couple I've dreamt and they come out, like uh, Roadbender, first ever single, um, and another one in the works, they came out full, like, you wake up, bolt upright. You've just seen the whole chorus and half the verse like you're on a stage or something, you know, and it's just, and if you're lucky enough to remember it, you've just seen the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's getting, that's rare. But yeah, you you need time to bake. So you go home, write it down, work on it, work on it. And I use, um, we all use loved ones around us to have a listen first and 
and they're pretty cool. They're pretty brutal, you know. They'll be like, "Nah, that line's shit." <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're pretty. They're good now. They're at the start, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's really nice. And then they realise that, oh, hang on, one, they're actually not crap. They're pretty good. So now we can help them get it. So they're like, two, they're just like, nah, don't like that bit. Change it. Right. So yeah, all those filters, and then hopefully by the end of it, it's starting to sound pretty damn good. Well, and with enough for me, what was the lyrical inspiration behind that? Just, I wanted to like represent. I know in country or country rock at the moment, there's a lot of, you know, it's always been a simple themes, and my themes haven't been otherwise. So I wanted to get back to it and go, no, hang on. Um, this is who we are from where we are. You know, there's shitty weather all the time and, you know, eight months of rain and storms and stuff like that. We're like socialising, but we keep it small, keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Go to watch game of footy, whatever your thing is, you know. Um, yeah, it was just a... Ah, uh, yeah, it was just a, a really simplistic working person song. Mm-hmm. That was just, yeah, just the gist of it to just say, hey, you know what? Like, you know, we're all chasing something, all right? But this is enough. This is this is good. Which is a complete lie now because now we've been on a couple of stages and we're like, no, it's, nah, it's not enough. But it is. Our life is enough. But we're all like, we've been <laughs> on these stages and seen what we were able to do. Right. And now we're like, well, yeah, we'll keep that part, but can we change the work part? You know, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Which is every every musician, but no, it was in 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 essence, small town country life in rural Australia, rural anywhere, um, and this is why people go for it because it, it is just it is yeah, it's all you need. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like there are plenty of songs for you on the horizon as a band where you've got some written and then it's a question of what gets recorded next and it sounds like you've been playing some festivals. So if people want to see on your see your new music perform live, is it mainly festivals where they can see you? At the moment, um, no, we've, we've, we're sort of getting stuck with limited opportunity down here at the moment because we're quite far away from um, everything. So... Uh, we've got a, you know, we 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 do a, a small amount of local gigs, I guess, and then we just are uh, at the moment trying to get our name out there and apply, apply, apply. Right. I think enough for me was the first single that we've got where the sound was where where we wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um. So in a sense, in that in that regards, it's almost like a start again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Um, not not taking anything away from the first four singles, but um, we recorded them with a good friend in a house, right? And, uh, and yes, and we were all just we were formed and straight straight to recording. We didn't have any stage, you know, for a year or two. Oh, right. So yeah, finding us at the moment, uh, we're just on we're just in application land at the moment. So right, <laughs> just I swear, <laughs> it was like. One of the emails these days is going to be, "Oi, mate, just 
just look at this YouTube video, okay? Just don't worry about how we write. There's one of those people at work, you say, they go, oh, yeah, if I had to apply for my job again, I wouldn't get it because I can't write those yeah. applications. Yeah, right. Well, I'm sure the applying will pay off um, and there will be new songs for you in the near future. But for the moment, we have enough for me. Uh, it can be enough for us as your audience to listen to until the new songs emerge. And uh, I, I'll let you go, John, because you know, don't have it's still sunlight where you are in Western Australia. There are no doubt things to do outside. So it was great to talk to you and I'll talk to you again. Thanks very much, Sophie. And thanks for having us on. And um, yeah, we look forward to doing it again in the future. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.